idol's hands are the devil's playground, right? We grew up hearing that, and, and you likely heard it from somebody um, who had your best interests in mind, just to remind you that um, when we're not engaging um, in some productive activity, we'll likely default to some chaotic activity. And, and it's real easy to think that that's just something that parents tell children, right? And as a father of six, I can tell you with certainty, for my six kids, idle hands are absolutely the devil's playground. Um, you never know what kids will get into when they have nothing better to do, right? But I found this to be true as well. Me in my adult life, if I'm not engaging in healthy activities and healthy things, if I'm left to my own devices, um, that can be quite chaotic as well, right? My mind will race. Um, I'll have anything but a sound mind, right? I'll begin to dwell on my shortcomings. I'll begin to, to dwell on areas that I lack. And um, the devil's absolutely at work in those situations, right? And, and, and so we have to learn, again, to, to engage in the things of God. Proverbs 18.9 says this, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Well, that's a pretty profound statement um, coming straight from God's word there, right? That, um, and that's, uh, that's what we see with idleness, right? Uh, oftentimes, it's accompanied with laziness. Too much time is laziness, and that's as bad as somebody who destroys things. Well, why is that? Why is that? And so tonight's message is called this, uh, Fight for Idle Hands, because here in, in today's culture, um, not only do we think we deserve a ton of time off and, and to do nothing, that's what we strive for, right? That's the American dream, that we want to retire young and, and sit around and, and do nothing. And the younger that we can remove ourselves from the workforce and from the laborious activity and the dredge of this world, the better. Um, that's what we strive for. But it's not exactly the, the healthiest thing that we can do. And so um, Webster's Dictionary defines idle as being shiftless, lazy, lacking worth or basis and having no evident lawful means of support. It's, it's sitting around with nothing better to do, right? And it's not the place that we want to be. It's not the thing to fight for. We should fight for productivity. And I have news for you. Retirement is not exactly a, a biblical principle, um, you don't see that in, in scripture, right? We don't see that in God's word that, that there's a certain point in life where we just get a free pass for the rest of it to do nothing with our time. We should always strive to be productive. We should always strive uh, to work, especially towards the things of God. And, and I want to I specify this, that idleness is not the same as rest, right? We see that God very, very clearly calls us to a Sabbath, a, a time of rest, a day of rest. And it's a day to reflect on the things of God, not to be shiftless and lazy, not to, to do nothing, but um, man, to just really recognize God's work in our life and then to get your butt back to work. Um, and so um, St. Jerome of uh, 342 to 420, he says in this, engage in some occupation so that the devil may always find you busy. Engage in some occupation so the devil may always find you busy. And, and what that really says is that, again, idle hands are the devil's playground. That if we find ourselves in a moment, a season of shiftlessness, um, that the enemy has all sorts of, of leeway and room to work in our lives, that, that God's called us to, to create, God's called us to build, God's called us to be engaged at, at all seasons, at every season of life. 
And so we just want to talk about some of that tonight. And again, God hasn't called us to be idle. He's called us to rest at times. And rest reminds us that God is the point of our lives. God is the provider of our lives. God is the savior of our lives. And, and after we take those moments to reflect on his provision and his place, again, we, we get back because idleness drags us away from these truths, it drags us away from these truths, and it, it drags us to sinful places and sinful behaviors, and so we need to find healthy ways to occupy our time. We need to find healthy ways to engage and, and, and to stop fighting, again, for um, a life of slothfulness. And so God's will requires deliberate effort. Requires deliberate effort. That's not idleness. But God's plan and purpose for your life is great. And it requires us to be diligent. It requires us to be hardworking. It requires us to engage fully and often, and frequently, and consistently to be faithful in the things of God. And obeying God's will requires even more effort and busybodies who throw themselves into meaningless pursuits will never be able to, fulfill, uh, to adequately fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. We shouldn't fight to be idle. We should fight to be productive. Paul goes as far as to say this in 2 Thessalonians 3.6. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers. Whoa, Paul, all, stay, what kind of believer should I stay away from, Paul? I mean, it's, it's unity in the church, right? And, and everyone is a part, yeah, I mean, we are. But stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. That's profound as Paul's in writing to the church in Thessalonica and saying, hey, there, there's actually people even within the church that you should be hesitant to engage with. Those that are idle, those that are in worthless pursuits. That's what a big deal this is. And to think that our current culture is built on an entire mindset of fighting to one day do nothing. It's not from God, it's from the enemy. That that type of mindset, that type of pursuit leads to nothing but, but evil behavior. And again, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. He continues in verse 7, and he says, for you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we we're with you. And so to combat idleness, point number one is this. We must imitate those who work hard for the kingdom. Imitate those who work hard for the kingdom. And again, in our culture, we place people on a pedestal who have reached the pinnacle of success where they no longer have to engage in anything. And, and that becomes the dream. That becomes the pursuit. That becomes the desire of our heart. And I want you to know tonight that, that that's wicked. It really is something that ultimately will drag you away from the things of God. And it, it's appealing. I get it. There's times where I would like nothing more than to just disengage and, and do nothing. And maybe there's seasons, right, that we maybe do that for a day where we rest and, and recharge and re-energize and, and again, reflect on God and who he is, his provision and, and recognize all of those things. That's biblical, but a life of this, making this the ultimate pursuit 
will do nothing but damage you and pull you away from God's call in your life. Again, we must imitate those who work hard for the kingdom, those who engage daily, those who, who pursue the things of God, who are, are diligent and faithful in the things they do. In verses eight through 10, he says this, we never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. And that's profound. And what Paul means is we had a right to ask you as, as teachers there among them. I mean, um, they, they should have been cared for. But, but Paul wanted to go so far and to make such a point that even what he had a right to ask for, he didn't. And, and he was diligent and he was actually a, a tent maker and, and worked among the people so that they would see that this was the way to pursue life, that these were the things to do. Um, and, and he says, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Well, that's not the mindset that we find ourselves in, right? In, in a culture that, that's propped up with, with social works for people who are quite capable of, of doing things. And, and we find so many, even now among our young, who are able-bodied, who make it years without being employed, and it's not what we're called for. Again, we should engage. And, and when we fail to do this, when we fail to imitate those who work hard towards the things of God, we find ourselves back in, in struggles with the flesh and, and you'll find yourself back in addiction and brokenness and um, drug away from spouse and healthy relationships. And we need to engage with the things of God. Again, point number one, to combat idleness, you must imitate those who work hard for the kingdom. Find a mentor. Find someone who model your life after. Somebody who serves, somebody who works, somebody who's engaged. And begin to, to fight to mimic that type of behavior, that type of pursuit. Let's keep going as we look at verse number 11. It says this, Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and meddling in other people's business. Those of us who know people without jobs um, know how much they stick their noses in places that don't belong, right? I mean, and, and we see that. And it's, uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I've encountered somebody. I'm like, man, you need to like, man, just, just work like 20 hours a week. Just do something. Like, just stop. And so this is not a, a new problem, a new issue. Um, but again, it's... We hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. He goes on, he says, we command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. Work, pursue something, right? To do something. When we encounter people who've pulled away from God's call in their life, they're, they're gossips, right? They're, they're engaged in things they shouldn't be engaged in. It, it's one of those things that draws us into addiction. It draws us into abuse. It, it draws us into all sorts of behavior that we're not called to. It, it's not American's dream, right? It's the enemy's dream for your life. 
to have you so disengaged with the things of God that he has all the room in the world to work in your life, to mess with your mind, to get you engaged in things you have no business being engaged in, to drag you away from your purpose. And point number two is this. To combat idleness, you must find your purpose and work towards a goal. Find your purpose and work towards a goal. You know, God's created and gifted each of us with a multitude of abilities, a multitude of abilities, and napping on the couch is not one of them, right? That's not what we're called to. I mean, it's good from time to time, right? I enjoy a good nap, but we've got to get up with the couch. Believers should be the hardest working people out there. People should, should know, should know that you follow Jesus by your diligence at the office, at the workplace, because you're such a hard worker. That should be one of the things that people say, I bet they're a Christian. You, you see the way that they work? All right, God's word tells us to work as if we're working into the Lord, to, to do things in such a way that we honor God with, with our hands, right? With, with our feet, as, as we build, as we create. It, it should be evident in our lives through our work ethic, whom we follow and whom we serve. And when we disengage from these things, I can't stress this enough, it, it, leaves, it leaves so much room for the enemy to work and the enemy to move. It, it should not be your ultimate pursuit to pull away and disengage. Our pursuit should be to find something, find your gifting, find your calling. It, it's something that I harp on more than, more than anything. More than anything is finding your purpose in serving finding your purpose in working. It should be something that you honor God with. One of my, my first jobs, um, even in addiction, I worked in a photo booth at Walgreens. Um, I don't like photography. I hated developing pictures. Um, but even in that, I wanted to be the best. And that sounds ridiculous. I was a clerk, right? I was a clerk. But in my mind, I'm going to be the best photo clerk that there's ever been to the point that I would set my watch to a machine that ran it. I would go and be busy with tasks and I would come back as my watch is going off. And, and, and part of that's because I'm an unhealthy workaholic. But that, that's the type of mindset that we should have with, with our, how diligent we are. God's entrusted you with something. And, and so often we think that what we do is insignificant. It should be your witness. If you're working at Sonic and you're a car hop, be the best dang car hop out there. Man, in the way that you handle that, that's, that's what we're called to, right? And that begins to set us apart. That begins to draw you towards the things of God, to your purpose to open doors that would never be open. It's just the diligence that we have. We honor God with our hands. We, we work hard to earn our living. And we, we're not disengaged. We're not lazy on the job. Those things are, are the way that we used to live and what we used to be engaged in. But as we move towards God's purpose, we work to not just adequately fulfill our responsibilities, but to go above and beyond and to honor him with all that we do. Not to fight to find shortcuts, not to fight to disengage, not just to, to work, to live for the next day off, for the next vacation, 
in, in the next nap or whatever it may be, but, but to truly honor God in what you do. As you scratch out your living in any position, in any place, that should be the fight in our hearts. And as we honor God with our work, God will honor you, right? Those who are honorable with the small things, God will, will trust us with much larger things. And, and we need to find our purpose and work towards goals. Be goal-oriented. Be diligent in our calling. Be diligent in our positions. And he says this, is for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Well, that's kind of an odd statement, right? He says, we command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, settle down and work for their own living. And as the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. And he's talking about idle people and he's saying, they're idle, they should be working. And the rest of you that are, are, are working, even crap jobs, never get tired of doing good. Your, your bad job, what you hate, what you despise, what you try to get out of all the time is doing good in the eyes of God. And we should work towards our purpose. Be diligent in finding out what it is and pursue what God has for us. Second Thessalonians three fourteen through 15. It says this, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother and sister. And so to combat idleness, we must be mindful of those you spend time with. The people in our lives matter. The people you spend time with, that matters. You know, some studies show that we're the average of the five closest people in our lives. And if we hang out with idle people, we spend time with those that aren't diligent, that are lazy, that are disengaged. Eventually, we begin to look just like them. And so we need to be aware of who's in our circle. We need to be aware of who's in our life, who we spend time with, and, and fight. Fight to be with those that are engaged. Again, imitate those who work hard for the kingdom, right? That, that's, when we go back to that, we need to, we need to find those people that live lives that look like lives we want. Not those that are sitting doing nothing, but those that are engaged in good works and begin to imitate them. Be mindful, again, of your circle, of your surroundings, Engage in the things of God. Engage in the things of God. Find your purpose, whatever it may be, and work hard towards goals. Work hard towards the things of God. I was, uh, this past week, I was teaching in Foundations, and uh, um, Mike back there, he asked, um, well, how do I find my purpose? And it was a completely unrelated um, conversation from this message. Um, but, but I shared this story. And I said, you know, where I'm at today, um, it, it wasn't the call that God had just placed on my life that, that I recognized at first. Um, I started in a few things. And 
Um, you know, for me, I mean, it, it goes all the way back to the photo booth at Walgreens and, and doing things there. And I was going to be the best that I could be at that. And then eventually I, I found myself um, working for a screen printing company here in town. And um, I caught a felony charge. I couldn't get a better job. And so I was just a day laborer. And um, I literally would catch shirts, is what they called it, and I would fold them and put them in a box because that was the best employment I could find at the time. And, but I was, you know, I was going to be the best shirt catcher that there was because that's, that's just who I am. And, and not knowing, not knowing how God leverages these things in our lives um, eventually led me to, to run a press, which is not glorious at all. Um, I printed shirts, did it for years. Um, and I would set goals. I'm going to print the most and I'm going to be the fastest. Um, until one day, a um, gentleman named David Brace, uh, he's on staff here. Um, I encounter him because I'm diligent and it puts me in the position to encounter this, this man. And uh, he invites me to church, this church. And uh, so through that interaction, through that job, which was a crap job, which I hated, it was horrible, but I worked hard at it. It led to an encounter because that place printed stuff for this church. And that eventually led me to be here. Um, and then because, and just the way that, that God's wired me and because I leaned into those things before I really knew that I was leaning into the things of God, um, I did more and more and more and, and worked harder. And, and I ended up with a, a business that, that positioned me to, to create things for, for this, this church. And um, so I would come here some and... I was doing window decals and I was printing shirts, um, but I was going to be the best at it. And man, as, as, I, as I landed this contract on my own, like to do stuff here, it wasn't really a contract, but an opportunity, right? And, and I realized that the church, man, they, they favored people who attended and they were more likely to buy stuff from me if I attended all the time. Put me in a position where I showed up here um, to get money from the church, and I know that's not very holy or godly, but that's just the truth. That's what I did. Um, but eventually, I was like, they're gonna, they want me to do other stuff, and I better serve. I better get involved in some ministry. And so um, at first, I did the most obvious thing. We had what was called creative team. This is 12 years ago, and it was marketing and stuff at the church. I was like, that makes sense. I'm a marketing guy. It's what I do. I'll get involved in the marketing team. It was, it was freaking awful. Hated it. Um, horrible, horrible experience. Um, and uh, so then I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll serve with three-year-olds. Um, I had a three-year-old daughter at the time. She's not three anymore. She's, I don't know, like 12 or something. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was like, I have a three-year-old. I'll work, I'll work with three-year-olds. Um, I found out that I only liked my three-year-old. I hated everyone else's three-year-old. <laughs> But I still worked hard in that, right? Um, and I was diligent in it. And then I remember my son wanted to go to, to kids camp. And so I saw this golden opportunity because Ashley at the time was overseeing kids. And she said, you can't go to camp unless you serve with kids. And so I was able to tell the preschool ministry, hey, I can't serve here anymore because I'm going to go to camp with my son. I'm really sorry about it. I was devastated inside that I had to make that change. And I go work with kids. Um, and over time... Um, man, God really um, did a work in me at the time in that season. And, you know, I, I worked with kids. And here I was, uh, early 20s man, single dad, not your typical child worker. Uh, really did not fit the mold. Um, most of them are women. Um, so I'm not. Um, but, you know, I was diligent in it. 
and, and really began to, to feel God speak to me. And, and these were the things I was doing, right? I was, I was imitating those who work hard. I was seeking my purpose and, and being mindful of people I spent time with. And, and over time, uh, something happened. Ashley's season had changed, and she needed um, to, to go back home and spend time with her kids. And because I was faithful and I showed up, and, and this is what I did, um, as God began to speak to me about coming to ministry, um, I was able to take a position in the kids' ministry. Now, think about that for a moment. I went from felon, who was catching shirts, and the track that God put me on because of this led to me taking a position with kids' ministry. And this was over a course of, man, it felt like eternity, but like eight years. I mean, who, who would have thought that, that that's the point, and, and this is where I land, where I'm employed at the place that I was just trying to skim money from, um, and then they give me a job, and, um, but then I'm faithful in that, and, and I'm faithful in that, and I spent years being faithful in that, and, and, it, and it led, and I, I loved it, and it, it helped me to see, man, I'm called to pastoral ministry, um, and then eventually it opened the door to this, where I, this is what I get to do, um, and... And if I'd, if I'd fought for idleness, if I'd made that my pursuit, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to do what I love. Um, and through all that, I mean, God works in crazy ways. Um, you know, over in the kids' ministry, being faithful, because I would be at the front every day, I met my wife. I mean, just those things, those doors open up, and I just can't, can't encourage you enough. I mean, don't, don't encounter anything that God's entrusted you with and being different about it. Man, especially the things we get to work at and put our hands towards. You never know how God's gonna move in your situation. You, you never know what doors will be opened up um, because you caught shirts and put them in a box the best that you could and what it eventually lead to 10 years down the road. I can't encourage you enough, man. Stop, stop making that... Just stop fighting just for your next day off. Stop fighting for just your next vacation. Stop just looking down the road to one day when you get to retire. And, and think about how you can serve God now in any minimal position, whatever it may be. I mean, seek to serve God in it. And as you're faithful in the little things, God will entrust you with greater things and greater responsibilities. And, and the road he'll take you down in the next 10 years will be more profound, more exciting, sometimes more difficult than you can ever imagine. And so again, our first point, man, imitate those who work hard for the kingdom. Find your purpose, work hard towards goals. And lastly, be mindful of who you spend time with. Don't fight for idle hands. Fight to be diligent in everything you do. I want you to do this. I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about what God's entrusted you with. The things you get to work towards, to be engaged with. And ask yourself, am I, am I handling this as if it's God's? Because it is. No matter the position, no, no matter what it is, are you handling this? as if it's God, and it's as if he's entrusted you with it, because he has. Begin to ask yourself, 
Is that my mindset? Or am I fighting for idle hands? God, I thank you. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room. Lord, I thank you for their lives. God, I thank you for their purpose, for the plan you have for each of us. God, and I thank you for what you've entrusted us with. Lord, and I can't help but to thank and imagine what an impact we could make if we recognized every position and every job as something that's for you, that's meant to serve you, that's meant to serve your kingdom. Lord, I ask that you would give us an awareness, supernatural awareness of the importance of what we do. Help us to see, Father, where it'll take us the work that'll be done, not only in our lives, but the lives of those around us. When we stop fighting to be idle and we fight to work hard and to be an example to those around us. And I just thank you, Lord, for tonight, for the work of your spirit, for our time together, Lord, as we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Now, James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves, right? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And so we have some action steps for you. Number one is this, set goals and prioritize tasks. Um, young men in the room, um, playing PlayStation for eight hours a day is not a goal. Um, so, you know, you gotta, gotta get a job. Um, Number two, identify and limit distractions. There's things that seek to pull you away from the work that God's called us to. It could be relationships, and it could be just that, that idle time, but identify and limit those distractions. And number three, reward your accomplishments, right? Celebrate your success. Um, I'm, I'm huge on goal setting. I always have goals. So you guys have probably seen around here, I always tell you what the next goal is for the ministry, right? <laughs> Where we're heading. Because it's important. It's important to have direction. And so if you're going to combat idleness in your life, I encourage you to seek direction. Everything we talked about tonight, everything around here, man, it centers around a relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the greatest decision we can make. And so if you're in here tonight, and you've never made that decision, the greatest decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, we wanna encourage you to do that tonight. That's where we recognize we can't save ourselves, right? That, that the work that needs to be done in us can only be done by him. And, 
and we recognize that he was the son of God, the savior of all, and we make him Lord and authority over us. If you wanna do that tonight, here in just a moment, we're gonna have some people down front. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can make the greatest decision of your life, decision to become a Jesus follower. Number two, maybe you're in here and you've done that before, but you've gotten off chat and you're wondering, can I, can I, can I get a do-over? <laughs> can I try again? Yeah, recommit. If, if you've fallen away, you messed up, our same offer stands here in just a moment. We have some people down here. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can recommit tonight. And then maybe God's just been pressing at you and saying, that right there, you're mishandling that. That's not of me. That's of the enemy. Whatever it may be, you, you, you know his voice. Whether you want to admit it or not, if he's speaking to you about something, I want to encourage you tonight to, to step out of your seat and in and, and just a moment to come grab one of these white chips. I've said it, I've said it several times. There's nothing special about this. It's a piece of plastic. But what we're looking for is an act of faith. That's what he's looking for. It's for you to step out of your seat in faith, knowing that as you come down here, God's going to move in your life because he will. And so if that's you, if there's something you need to let go of, I encourage you to come pick up one of these white chips. And then lastly, if you just need prayer tonight, you just want somebody to journey with you in prayer, we would love to do that. And so for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer, we want to encourage you, step out of your seat, come down front. If everybody would, if you would stand to your feet as we close in worship.